ever wondered what online experts talk about in the green room before they take the stage? Well, Jeff Walker and Chris Ducker are about to bring you into the conversation. They've been through the battles and got the scars to prove it. Now they're sharing over 40 years of experience showing you what it takes to succeed and how to avoid the mistakes along the way. Welcome to This is Online Business. Everybody, welcome to episode one of This is Online Business with myself, Chris Ducker, and my co-host and partner in crime, Jeff Walker. How are you, Jeff? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Looking forward to episode one. Uh, looking forward to having a discussion. Looking forward to figuring out what this is. Yeah, we, it's, we don't know what this is going to be. That's the funny thing about this. All we do know is that whenever we get together, we always have really, really interesting discussions. And we figured it was actually, it was, I think it was you. I think you even said it like initially, we should just hit record and just record these things and let people listen if they want, if they're mad enough, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, like even before we start hit the record button here, we kept on going on these tangents and we're like, oh, that's an episode. That's an episode. That's an episode. Yeah. But like, so why, sh there are some people that, I never presume that people know who I am. So there's right. going to be some people listening that have absolutely no clue who we are. And they're like, okay, we're like 30 seconds in. And like, why the hell should we listen to you guys? Right. So I would say that between the two of us, we've got over 40 years of online business building, of running small businesses. And they've actually gotten a little bit big. In, yep. in my world, it's running businesses, we both started from scratch, and and we've got we've got all the scars. We've been through the wars. We've had some successes, and so we thought we would share ourselves. So, Chris, tell us a, a little bit about uh, give us the, the elevator speech. Who's Chris Ducker? Yeah, well, I'm I'm so I'm originally from England. Uh, there's nothing wrong with the way I talk. It's just I sound like this every day. Um, <laughs> Jeff's the cool guy. Jeff's the guy who lives in the mountains in America. I'm just in the English countryside here in Cambridge. Um, but yeah, so hardcore sales and marketing guy my entire career. Uh, and um, for the last 18 years, I've been building businesses, brick and mortar, service, product, experience, events, 14 years online, podcasting, YouTube, social media, launches, unlaunches, and lots of other stuff. I focus on helping people with building virtual teams of employees and ultimately building businesses around the expertise and their personal brands. And that is what I'm all about. Who's Jeff Walker? So I started my first online business in 1996. It was started out of desperation. I was a stay-at-home dad. And uh, my wife was supporting the family. We were trying to figure out some way to to try to put a few extra dollars on the table. And I, I stumbled onto this idea of direct marketing. And I combined that with the early, early, early internet years. It seemed to me that like what people used to do with direct marketing with like actually sending letters in the mail might translate online. And it did. So I started a business in 96 teaching about the stock market Turned out I got learned a few, got, I had some skills at marketing. So then eventually around 2001, 2002, started helping people with their marketing and uh, developed this process to launch new products and services and courses and membership sites and, and masterminds. And, and 
started teaching that in 2005. And since then, my students have done over a billion dollars in sales. It's been a crazy ride from that. Chris, that when I started that first business, it was the, it was like the baby's like changing room, like, and um, <laughs> yeah, it's just, so I, I've, I, you know, along the way, I published a book. It became a number one New York Times bestseller. Why did that happen? Because I know how to launch things. And um, yeah, and here we are. And I can't believe the life I've been, you know, blessed to, la- to lead. I mean, we're doing better than we were back when I started. You know, it's it's interesting, isn't it? How I, I always say, like, particularly in the online business world, the good guys always tend to gravitate towards each other. And you mentioned things like a best-selling book, of which I've got two of them as well. You need to catch up on that, by the way, dude. You're, what's what's taking you so long to get out the next book? Actually, on that, <laughs> let's let's go down this rabbit hole initially. <laughs> but like, I, I, but, you know, I I I don't think I'm the greatest person at coming up with new ideas. Uh, but I but they are high quality ideas. So they like, are high quality. And and when we talk about like product launch formula. Like that is something that anyone who's done anything online in the last decade knows PLF. Like I even had one of my new roundtable mastermind members who started with us maybe two months ago in our first onboarding call with her. Uh, And she's in Spain, by the way, as well. Um, We were talking about the things that she had done over the last couple of years to help scale her business. And she's she's like, oh, you know, PLF. I was like, wait a minute. PLF is in Jeff Walker product launch formula. And she was like, yeah, yeah. P- oh, you know, yeah, I know Jeff. Okay. So great. So PLF, you know what PLF is? Yes, I do. And so it's a, I mean, everyone, everyone knows a PLF. Everyone knows what launching is, but you're like the godfather of launches. Like you're like, you know, you're like the man when it comes to launching businesses online. But my first question, I guess, let's let's dive, let's start diving deeper. Like, do we need a launch? Do we, do we need to actually full-blown launch stuff like you teach people to online to be successful? Well, you know, it's funny. I can just see how this whole podcast might go for us because as you were speaking there, I had like four different tangents I wanted to, to go down the road and explore. But we'll stick to answering and and also you talked about me living in the mountains and being cool i mean cambridge i don't know england that well i've only been there a handful of times but it seems yep. like cambridge is uh, there's there's some coolness fact we got there. a few things going for us in cambridge yeah. we do we do yeah <laughs> i live out in the countryside in cambridge <laughs> <laughs> i actually I, I had to avoid getting hit by a pheasant today getting back onto my property from the this is a true story. I turned off the main road to go into our property and a bloody pheasant almost flew out and hit my car. There's suicidal pheasants here. And it's off shooting season right now, Jeff, as well. Like, so they're, they're bloody everywhere. They're not being shot out of the sky at the moment. And so they're everywhere. They're like suicidal. Please finish my horrible life for me. Let me fly in front of your car. So like if anyone out there is thinking, I just want to start an online business because it's just, it's all rainbows and unicorns, mil- land of milk and honey and beautiful. And, and no, you have to worry about get hit by pheasants. I mean, yeah, it's like the struggle yeah. is real. Yeah. You know, I did a live, you know, I did a live broadcast the other day and I have this great big flip chart and I got like a paper cut, like, because I, you know, created yeah, pages for this. Yeah. It's a brutal, brutal. So <laughs> do you need to launch or not? Um, 
when was the last time you saw Apple come out with a new iPhone that didn't have a launch? Yeah. You know, when was the last time Hollywood came out with a movie that didn't have a trailer or two or three and brought all their actors uh, out on all the podcasts and all the TV shows? I mean, I, I think you need to launch. I think the, what a launch does is it focuses the market and th- th- that's a fiction, of course, because the market, there, there's no such thing as the market, but but it grabs attention. We're in a very, very noisy environment. And, you know, I mean, we're launching a podcast here. How many la- podcasts are going to launch in the day that this launches? Probably a thousand. It's a noisy market. Right. So with a launch, what you're doing is you're trying to, you're, you're marshaling all your resources. And when you're starting out, you don't have many. But you take all the resources that you've got and you're trying to put this white hat spotlight onto your marketing and turn your marketing into an event. And that really is what a launch is all about. That word right there is the word. It's the event, isn't it? Because I, I often say, I remember years ago, I was coaching through one of my clients on how to launch their own podcast. And I said to him, like, you got to treat it like an event because it only happens once. You can promote your podcast as many times each week as you want to, Right but you only get one opportunity to actually launch it and, and give birth out, give birth to it, you know, and get it out into the world. So you've got to treat it like the event that it really is. Uh, and I think a lot of people don't understand the sheer amount of work that's involved with like a full-blown launch. But even if you were to water down the launch and just kind of focus on two or three elements like email and going live and being on social consistently for like, 10 days or something talking about this thing about to come, about to come, about to come, about to come. That's better than just kind of dropping it or not dropping it at all, actually, because you're scared of all the work involved with a big launch. Right. Or you're scared to actually get anyone paying attention to your stuff. I mean, there is that whole imposter syndrome and then am I good enough? Am I worthy? And, and we should talk, we should definitely talk about that at some point here. Because that is a very real thing that mo- almost everyone struggles with at some point. Yeah. But it, it's an event. Turn your marketing into an event. And also um, stories. Stories are so powerful. They're, they're, they, they pull people in. They grab people. And when you have a launch, it gives you a unique opportunity to, to tell your story and to use stories. And they're so powerful. I mean, even if you look at what we've been doing, I mean, this is something that, Chris, we have so much experience. We we fall into without even thinking about it. But how many stories have we already had in these first, you know, seven or eight minutes of this? We heard about your pheasant, right? <laughs> you know, we, we heard about my my stay at, being a stay-at-home dad. Yeah. It's yeah. It, it, stories are what pe- pull people in. And if yeah. you can think about telling the story of your brand or your product, and and if you do it a multi-part way, that's like a or, you know we, seasons, right? That's what podcast seasons launches. We have the pre-launch sequence, the open cart sequence, mm-hmm. and it gives you a chance to tell your story and and grab and stand out from the from the crowd. So yeah, you absolutely need to launch. I mean, it can't be the only thing in your business. No, of course not. You never. Yeah, I, but it's easy to make that mistake because this formula is so powerful. That, like I like to say, and this isn't an income claim, this isn't a promise, this isn't anything, but my goal, if someone comes into my world 
and they've already got a business. So they aren't starting from scratch. Well, a lot of my clients are starting from scratch, but for the ones that aren't starting from scratch and they've got some type of an online business, I'm like, I want your launch. When you come in and do this product launch formula, I want your, my goal is for your launch to make as much in sales in a week than as you normally do in a year. Now that's completely outrageous to, to even think that could happen, but sometimes it does. It really does. It, yeah. Yeah, it really does. And I've, you know, I've been to your event, uh, God, I don't know how many years ago it was now where I was in Phoenix with you. And I remember what really got me as someone just hanging out. And I was there with like Ray Edwards and a couple of other folks just hanging and stuff. What really got me was, like you say, the stories that your clients were telling when they got up on stage to talk about, you know, Two years ago, I was here. Now I'm there. And it wasn't like a flex thing. Like it wasn't like, hey, check me out. I'm cool. I'm making all this money. I'm having all this impact kind of thing. Like it was genuinely like I'm a single mom. I was struggling to make the rent. And, you know, last month I bought a brand new car in cash kind of type stories, right? Like for me, they're the kind of stories that people remember. I mean, here I am telling you about them years, years later and the impact that had on me and I was already doing okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? So if you imagine, like if you were, if you were earlier on in your journey, you can really resonate with those people when you hear those stories as well. And you think, well, if they can do it, why can't I, why can't I do it? You know, just like, cause dad tells me I can't, you know, no, you can do pretty much anything as long as you put your mind to it and work hard enough. Right. But for me, yeah, the yeah, stories yeah. in your world have always been paramount for me, always. Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, that's like one of the things when you do a launch properly, people get so involved in your story. Involved, and really, here's the here's the key to, the, to your launch. Whether you're teaching people meditation or you're teaching them to speak a foreign language or play guitar, what your launch is really about isn't you doing the flex and beating your chest. It's you're telling the story of your client's future success. You're showing them the path to success and you're showing them how to get on that path and follow that path. And ultimately, of course, part of that path is them buying your product. But really what you're doing is you're showing them that they, they can succeed. They can have that second language or third language. They can have that meditation practice. They can learn to knit. They can knit that amazing sweater. So you're, if you're doing this right, you aren't pounding your chest and saying, I'm amazing. I'm amazing. Yeah. Look at me. It, you're telling that story of their success. And that's just a lot more compelling for people to listen to. Do a lot of the folks that like, I mean, a lot of the folks you see that do really well launching a brand new online business, do they have solid followings in place already? Or are they, or a lot of people kind of just, they really are just starting out. Yeah, both. I mean, it's certainly easier if you have a following. Of course. Then it's just like, then it, it's just like, okay, we'll just plug this formula in and it's like free money. And, and I know I say that, you know, with, with a bit of a wink because we know there's no free money. But yeah, if you've already got a following, 
Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It, but there are folks that are doing it starting from scratch. And of course, they're the my holy grail for if I'm going to do a case study is someone who came in with no experience, no list, didn't know what they're doing and created a business. And you know what? It is the holy grail for me to find those people and to, to spotlight them. Yeah. And, and they absolutely exist. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have like one of my favorite fairly recent is Anne LaFollette, who uh, she teaches surface pattern design. And you, uh, Chris, do you know what surface pattern design is? Because I certainly didn't. When I, I, I didn't went. know whether you were aware of this or not, but I'm actually the world's second foremost expert on that very subject. No, I've never bloody heard of it. Of course, I've not heard of it before. What, so what surface pattern design? It? <laughs> it's or or surface design. I'm looking around for some example of it in my office because there's going to be something within reach. But basically, it's like you know when you go to the store and you buy like a paper disposable cup, uh, and yes. that cup doesn't isn't just a white it's got some kind of pattern on it right 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 yeah and or if you have like some mouse pad you know that has some random pattern on it well someone designed that pattern and people out there are designing those kind of patterns that can go on fabric they can go on on book covers they can go on anything and people are actually designing that and licensing it to companies it's like a real profession. It's a big, big profession. What kind and of money so, are we talking about here? Do you know? I mean, like, how big is the industry? I don't know. I don't know. But I know, I know I have I have two students that teach how to do this, how to take Adobe Illustrator and create a design in Adobe Illustrator and either use it to create their own fabric or their own wallpaper or their own wrapping paper, or license it to companies. Now that's a niche, and isn't it? Right. That's the. It's a niche. A niche, right there. Yeah. Okay. So, so since we're talking niches, and I could see how this podcast is going to go because I have like eight questions I want to ask you based on. But let, let's just stick with this niche here. Just keep because going. we also Go want on. to talk about niches, right? So first of all, there there is this young woman. Her name is Bonnie Christine, and Bonnie came into my she came into this world by getting my book launch here's my book she was a struggling artist she knew how to she was a uh, she was a designer did this surface design started teaching it in an online course and um you know Bonnie is I would put her mid 30s you know beautiful young mother um she her last launch, I was just spent some time with her and I don't want to give away her numbers, but let's just say her last launch was well into multi-million dollars teaching people mm. in a course how to do surface design. And frankly, I'm not sure if her course is just how to design or how to do it as a business and license your work. So anyways, there's Bonnie Christine, who is like, I think as far as I know, is the biggest person in terms of teaching surface design. Right. And she's in a she's a she's a great artist. She's passionate about her, stu her students. Her students are having success, and she's really good at marketing. And she's gone deep into my world, and it just does these amazing launches. Chris, her last launch was bigger than my launch, significantly bigger than my last launch. There you go. So then, fast forward. That was that was Bonnie started doing that. I don't know. Uh, let's call it 2017. I'm somewhere in that era. Couple of years later, 
um, a woman named Anne LaFollette, who was like, uh, was in the corporate world, successful operations, like actually executive operations for big retail companies, like the Gap and that. And she gets called into the office and gets laid off one day. And she's in her late 50s. And long story short, that's not an easy thing. Literally, she thought she was getting called in to get her latest project. Now she's laid off. Driving, driving, drives home. Her, her her husband says, "You got all those art supplies down in the basement. Why don't you start doing something with that?" She starts work learning surface design. She's studying. Bonnie Christine is her mentor. Anne LaFollette ends up doing a couple. You know, a year later, falls her way into my world. Does an initial launch that does five thousand dollars, and says, "Well, this is working." She starts with no list, no product, no experience, no never been an entrepreneur, been a business person, been an operations manager. Um, her business last year did about four hundred thousand dollars. I love that. And her niche is not just surface pattern design, but not, but Bonnie is like, I'm sorry, Anne's like early sixties now. Bonnie's 30 mid 30s sure and sells to people that look like her and are her age and are inspired and they're more about doing surface design to create wallpaper or to create um uh, you know to, to create fabric to sew clothes for their grandkids right they're right, not right. so interested personal in selling thing. it's it not a any- business thing yeah yeah so she's selling to an older demographic and more people that are more interested in it as a hobby mm-hmm. and Bonnie's more young artists who want to, you know, want to create a business, but both of them are in this surface design They're They know each other, their buddies, you know, and still like a huge fan of Bonnie. And this is a market you've never heard of. And yeah. I never heard of yeah. until Bonnie sent me her an email and said, Hey, Jeff, I got want to let you know, I bought your book and this is what happened in my world. So, yeah, the, it, that's niching right there, the power of niching. And, oh, by the way, both of them started without any any following, any list, yeah, any, any email list, any social, any experience. Yeah. See, what I like about those two stories is that it's so clear. And I'm a, I'm a really big believer, and I say this all the time. Like, I think we're at a time where just in terms of just like, human development, right? We're just at a time where we are more likely to invest in being able to go further faster by working with people who have already been there, done it and got the t-shirt than we were 10, 15, 20 years ago. So people like you and I, and those ladies you were talking about just now, they they are serving an incredible customer base, but they're also getting paid royally in the process in doing so uh, because people want to shorten learning curves. They want to be able to get going quicker and get moving faster. And that's where the expert and the personal brand and everything, you know, everything that's in my world comes into play here so beautifully. So our worlds collide daily, I think in some way, shape or form. Right. And it's like, I just feel like there is so much untapped greatness out there. 
for people to develop into online business ideas, to launch them, to build them, to scale them. That I mean, hopefully, if we can just touch just a dozen people through these first six episodes, I'll be more than happy with that. But it it's it just goes to show you, whenever you hear those stories, man, expertise, personal brand, whatever you want to call it, like it's out there. It's out there everywhere in every niche. It is. It's it's crazy. What I mean, like my world changed. Like boy, when I think when I started out, I had nothing going on. I had two small children. I was at home making peanut butter sandwiches for them, and and the the first biggest learning for me, and I actually I don't. I, it was from Tony Robbins. I bought his program off the infomercial, which played all night every night here in the states. Yep. And, you know, I was, had nothing going on in my life. So I could sit there and watch that infomercial over and over. Um, but, and I eventually bought it, you know, I spent the extra $20 to get the CDs instead of the cassettes. And, but what I learned. Because you were a high tech kind of guy in the I mid was, 90s. I was, I was on the, I was surfing the wave, man. <laughs> I was on the cutting edge of technology. What, what was it? What was I'm, this? 90, was this 96? No, probably even 95. It was 95, yeah. 96. So what was going on? Like 95, what was happening? We had... Um, Windows 95. Like, Windows 95 was like... They did a big Windows 95, for- we had Jingle All the Way, Arnie, right? The best Christmas film ever, said nobody. Um, and, you know, there was a lot going on at that time, including you jumping on the compact disc bandwagon. Yeah. And was I, it a was... I was, I was, you know, I always at the cutting edge and, and, uh, what I learned from watching Tony is like, he, you know, whatever you wanted to learn, there were people you could learn from. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that speaks to what you just talked about. I mean, there's going to be people now that are like listening to this. They're like, Oh, surface design. That sounds pretty cool. I'm going to go learn that. Right. And you know, I agree that our, our knowledge is just exploding because so many people are able to become great that personal brand and are able to, to start to, to, to teach and train on areas that they've spent their life mastering. You know, Chris, you, you flipping back, you know, 10 minutes or whatever, and you talked about, I was like, I don't know what word you use, but like, I was like the person for launches that sort of created this. The Godfather. Everyone, the Godfather. Yeah. Okay, I'll take that. And, and and if you think about, like, when I first came out with Product Launch Formula, the very first version, and we shipped it on CDs and DVDs and books. It wasn't an online course back in 2005 when I first came out. And back then, the way this online marketing, there's a lot of people teaching online marketing. There's hundreds, you know, back then. Sure. And people would come out with a product and then a month to three months later, they come out with another product and another product and another product. And it, it felt like the world was moving so fast. You always had to have something new, something fresh. And yep. into it comes me. And Jeff's like, well, I don't know. I don't have a new idea. I haven't just got this one idea. And I'm going to keep on flogging this horse. <laughs> and I, you know, I think product launch formula, well, I, I would make the argument it was the absolute first brand in this space of teaching on online entrepreneurship, online marketing, because I kept on doing it over and over and over. And I know we're going to talk about personal branding and about branding in general. Um, And, uh, you know, it's probably going to be a later episode, but I think my inability to 
to to be my ability to not get bored and by to keep doing it, it has served me in building a brand. But also, what's built it is just all the success of well, the that's clients. It. You you would not be able to do it if the system didn't work. If people didn't buy it and get results and come to you with those life-changing case studies. And by the way, there's a lot more than just half a dozen out there, right? There's hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of these people. Like there's no way in the world you would be able to continue doing this year on year on year if it didn't work. You're preaching to the choir. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I think, you know, there's, there's a lot to, to, to building a brand and, and frankly, it's funny, even and I say those words because I was so, such a hardcore direct marketer because there used to be this divide between direct marketing and branding and direct marketing was well, like what the old school people send in, send in snail mail or putting ads in magazines and branding was what Coca-Cola and, and Ford did, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, there used to be that great divide. And, and it's certainly in my mind, it was a great divide. And I never set out to create a brand. I was hardcore direct marketer, direct marketer, direct marketer, because that's where I, what I learned from. But these days, if you just go to any news site and scroll down, um, I mean, like any news site, the CNN or, or whatever, and you scroll down and you see all these paid placements and all of those use like hundred, it's, it, I mean, it's all direct marketing down yeah. on, on those pages. And at the same time, so now like direct marketing has, in one way, I think direct marketing is one. It's just, it's everywhere now where it didn't used to be. I mean, even like Super Bowl ads, like we just had this big thing of last month, the Super Bowl, right? Well, the Super oh, that's, Bowl that's ads. That's the, now, uh, what, what do you guys call it? Football over there, right? But you only, yeah, yeah. I think, the, the, but, but correct me if I'm wrong, the feet of the players only touch the ball, what? seven or eight times in the game, something like that. But they're very important times. They're very important times. I know they're very important, but, you know, you could call it, well, I mean, handball, throw ball, uh, you know, pigskin ball, whatever you want to call it. I I think we've got football. We've got proper football. We actually use our feet over here. And that's coming from a man who really doesn't care all that much about football as a sport. (laughs) To be honest, I'm a a hoops guy, as you know. So, you know, uh, yeah. But anyway, you know. And, but I yeah, understand what you're I, saying. Okay, let's get back to Super Bowl. Go. Just not going to take that bait. But but <laughs> but those Super Bowl ads, which historically have been all about branding, you know, people are – how many millions of dollars do they spend to produce one and millions of dollars for the airtime? But now they're putting QR codes on those things. Yeah, That's direct response. Yes. So – um, you know, the, those two worlds have collided. So in one way, I think direct marketing is one because it's it's everywhere. But in the other way, you know, like branding is one because now, I mean, you just see like, like influencers, right? I mean, it's become a job now. Mm-hmm. You know, creating a personal brand is, is like that. That's like a job now. And so you want, you want to know why it's because people, people latch on to, to other people that are in the same world as them and and have the same interests as, as them who already have a certain amount of knowledge etc like my son for example is 14 almost 15 he collects pokemon cards he watches these pokemon youtubers so that he can learn about what cards to try and locate at trade shows and things like that and which which ones to ignore and you know all this sort of stuff and and you know like one of my clients emily baker who uh is an ex uh 
prosecutor in California. She was struggling after she quit. Um, apparently, she didn't like the you know the idea of like you know threats from horrible people and things like that. So she quit the job um, and and then started like you know consulting and coaching and things like that as a lawyer, as an attorney of law. Um, and long story short, uh, she came to me and she was like, you know, I've just plateaued. I'm doing like six, seven grand a month right now. Like I'm maxed out on time. I've got no more one-on-one -on -one time. I, if I have to file another trademark, I'm going to lose my, you know what, you know, I, I'm just, I'm bored. I can't, you know, something's got to change. And so through working with her, she came out with a podcast. She jumped on the YouTube bandwagon. She blew this YouTube channel up. She did the Depp case, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard case last year. It, it went bonkers for her. Half a million plus subs. She had, the, you know, TV uh, news stations asking her interview and all this stuff. Like, And I never forget what I said to her. You need to become somebody's favorite. You need to be, all you need to do to get this to fly is to become somebody's favorite legal commentator. If you can do that, they'll do the marketing for you. They'll spread the goodness that is Emily Baker for you. And now we sit here and she's absolutely crushing it. And it all comes down to that combination of expertise, because obviously you've been doing it for a long time, and personality, that uniqueness that only makes you you no one else can copy that right so i think you're right man i mean it's it's nothing new it's been around for a long time but i think worlds are colliding more than ever before right now with this stuff colliding and splintering like the ability for anyone to create their own bubble of influence to to curate their own tribe um yeah, because I get, so like she was Emily was commenting on that on that trial. Is that what blew up for her? Was she was just well, she, doing yeah, her she, she had she had always she'd already gotten a pretty good following by that point. Um mm -hmm. and when that trial then went public and, and cameras were allowed in the uh in the courtroom, she was basically doing live reaction commentary uh every single day on a YouTube channel. She was on, she blew up so quickly with that trial. She was on UK. She was on Good Morning Britain, UK morning TV here in the UK. I almost spat my cornflakes out. I couldn't believe it. She, she gave me no prior knowledge of this happening. One minute I'm watching, you know, the news. And the next minute, as my kids are getting ready for school, she pops up on screen with a purple hair, you know? So, I mean, she is unashamedly 100% Emily all the way. Now I'm sure that there's a whole bunch of people out there, Jeff, that don't like her. Oh, by the way, she's got a little bit of a potty mouth as well. So, you know, she, she probably holds that back on, on uh, terrestrial TV, but like on her podcast, on her YouTube, she'll swear she'll do all that. You either love her or you don't, there's no messy middle there. And that's why she's blown up. That's why she's, mm -hmm. she's doing what she's doing. So, Chris, we should probably, uh, you know, have you the tangent here, which could yeah. be our final tangent on this one, is like you've done a lot of online video. I've, I've, I don't know how many hundreds of videos I've done, thousands. Mm -hmm. Hardest thing to to for me, one of the hardest things in video is figuring out how to end the video. Sure. And uh, 
it strikes me that we're coming to the end of this episode. We have to yeah. figure out how to end end, well, end the episode. So it's because really I think then we, we we should go in our next episode should be about branding and we should talk about that. But first, we got to figure out how to end this one. So that's real good. What, yeah, I, I've got it. Do you want me to just do this? Do you want me to basically yeah, do yeah. lifting here? I did the intro. Yes. I'm doing the outro. You everybody tuning in, you can see how this is going to go. <laughs> This is, this is the way we're going to end the episode. We're going to say, hey, guys, we hope that you've enjoyed listening into our random musings, tangents, rants, and uh, we hope that you tune in for the second episode, which you can do immediately right now, where we will deep dive on the subject of personal branding, building an expertise type business, because we're launching all six of these episodes, Netflix binge-worthy style so thank you very much for spending some time with me and Jeff today. And uh, we'll see you in episode two. Jeff, how was that? Was that good? Did I end that? That way? was perfect. Well, yeah. I mean, that was like a pro way to end an episode. I know. I, I love know. it. It's good.